Amen. Can we lift those hands towards heaven? Lord, I thank you for this day that you have made. Father, we have rejoiced. We are glad in it. And we are glad about it. Now we ask you to do what only you can do. There are things that only you can do. And I believe that you, you are going to do those things today. Father, I ask you to do a special thing, a unique thing in this place. For some of us, it's happened already, and we give you thanks for that. We ask you to have your way in the name of Jesus, and everyone said amen and amen. Let's put those hands together one more time. Amen. Let's lift up our voices one more time to the King of kings and the Lord of lords. If you know he's going to do it, say it with me. Say, God will do everything that he promised me he would do in my life. Look at your neighbor and tell them that. God will do everything that he promised me he would do in my life and in your life. Thank you, Quest Church, for allowing me to be here today. If you're watching online and you're from Quest, thank you for letting me take some of your time. Place for Life, good morning. If you're from Place for Life and in here, uh, I know Damara's in here and John. Y'all make some noise. I love my house. I love my family. Uh, Place for Life is going to be a good service today. Thank you for allowing us to participate again with Quest, with our mother and our sister church here. And then, of course, I want to honor and say thank you to my father, who it is still intimidating to stand behind a pulpit in front of my dad because my dad's the greatest preacher of this era, of this generation, and he's proven it right now. If you didn't know, then look at your neighbor and tell him, now you know. Now you know for dang sure. <laughs> dad, I love you. I honor you, Giovanna. I honor you. I'm glad to be in the building with all my siblings today. I got one I can see and one that's trying to make himself seen. <laughs> but I'm glad to be here with all my siblings today. Amen. Get your Bible, if you will, and please remain standing and open your Bible to the book of Judges in chapter number six. I don't want to preach uh, for very long today. Maybe about 20 minutes we'll speak. And then I'm actually going to turn the ser service over uh, to my father to close us out today. There are some things that he needs to share with us, and that means you too, place for life. So when I get done speaking today, let's stay on for a few minutes with Bishop so that he can speak the word of the Lord to us. Can someone say amen? Do you have Judges chapter number six? If you have it, say amen. If you don't have it, give up. <laughs> I'm sure your neighbor has it or it's on the screen. I've been in a series in San Antonio at Place for Life entitled Assignments. Can everyone say that? Assignments? Mike, is that you all the way in the back? No? I thought a friend of mine was here. I'm sorry. I can't see. I was going to say hello to him. Everyone say it again. Assignments. Uh, and so Place for Life, I'm going to continue in this series today, but I'm going to give you a specific title for this morning. Are you ready for it? If you're taking notes or not, look at your neighbor and ask them this question. And this is your title. Ask them, do you feel used yet? Turn around and ask someone else that. Do you feel used yet? If you have Judges 6, again, say amen. Let me do something I do back home. I'm going to read uh, 
a little short passage out of 2 Corinthians chapter 2, and I don't want you to turn there because I'm just going to give you a basis of thought this morning. In 2 Corinthians chapter number 2, in verse number 12, the Apostle Paul says that when I went to Troas to preach the gospel of Christ and found out that the Lord had opened a door for me, I still had no peace in my mind because I couldn't find my brother Titus there. So I said goodbye to them, and I went on to Macedonia. But thanks be to God, who always leads us, you would say, in triumph. But here in the New Living Translation, he says, who always leads us as captives in Christ's triumphal procession and uses us to spread the aroma of the knowledge of him everywhere. Look at your neighbor again and ask them, do you feel used yet? Now look there at Judges chapter number 6, and we'll begin reading in verse number 11. The Bible says there in verse 11 that the angel of the Lord came and sat down under the oak in Oprah, not Oprah, the woman on TV, but in Oprah in the Bible that belonged to Joas, the Abizrite, where his son Gideon was threshing wheat in a wine press to keep it from the Midianites. When the angel of the Lord appeared to Gideon, he said, the Lord is with you, mighty warrior. Pardon me, my Lord, Gideon replied, but if the Lord is with us, if the Lord is with us, but if the Lord is with us, but if the Lord is with us, then why has all this happened to us? I'm sure no one in here has ever asked that question before. Where are all his wonders that our ancestors told us about when they said, did the Lord not bring, did, did not the Lord bring us up out of Egypt? But now the Lord has abandoned us and given us into the hand of Midian. And the Lord, the Lord turned to him and said, Go in the strength that you have and save Israel out of Midian's hand. Am I not sending you? Pardon me, my Lord, Gideon replied, but how can I save Israel? My clan is the weakest in Manasseh, and I am the least in my family. And the Lord answered, I will be with you, and you will, everyone say you will, and you will strike down all the Midianites, leaving none Alive. I want you to look at your neighbor again and ask them, do you feel used yet? For those of you from Place for Life, everyone shout assignments. If you're on, t- okay, and ask again, do you feel used yet? Amen. Let us pray. Father, I thank you for your word. I thank you for not just this book, this Bible that I hold in my hand here, but I thank you that your word still goes forth. It still proceeds. I thank you that your word is still here in real time today with us. Father, I thank you that you are here to speak to us, and we ask you to speak to us and give us our daily bread today. Father, do what you came to do. Articulate what you came to say. I move out of your way, Holy Spirit, and you do what you came to do in this place. In the name of Jesus, everyone, tell the Lord one more time, have your way, and everyone shout amen. Amen. Let's put our hands together one more time for Jesus. And you may have your seat. Ask your neighbor again, do you feel used yet? Amen. Type that online if you're watching online. Just ask someone, do you feel used yet? Have you ever felt used before? Have you ever felt like someone took advantage of you and they took advantage of you because they could? Have you ever been there before? Can I say something to you today? God wants to use you. God wants to use you. Look at someone and tell them God wants to use you. 
And God wants to use you like that. God wants to take advantage of you because he can. God needs to use you. Look at someone and tell them those words. God needs to use you. Again, we might be here 20 minutes. This might take 10 minutes. Who knows? Look at someone again and tell them God needs to use you. You were made for this moment. All right? You were made for this moment. I want you to put your hand on yourself now and say, I was made for this moment. Uh, And just as importantly, this moment was made for you. Let me say that again. This moment was made for you. Look, put your hand on yourself again and say, this moment was made for me. Speaking of assignments, you are assigned to the time that you find yourself in. You are assigned to the time that you find yourself in. Say it again. I was made for this moment, and this moment was made for me. Why? Why? Because I am assigned, Chris, to the time that I find myself in. Have you ever woke up one day? Have you ever been going through a day and and tell somebody, I feel like I've been born out of time? I wish I could have lived during the 70s. I I wish I could have lived in the future. I I wish we could still be in the 90s. Sometimes I wish we could still be in the 90s when hip-hop was still hip-hop, but that's another another talk for another day. (laughs) But I got to remind myself that I was made for this moment, and this moment was made for me. Can someone say amen? Amen. There is an assignment for every season. I do want you to know that. There is an assignment for every season, and, and spiritually, I want you to know that every problematic moment, every problematic moment in time, every problematic moment in history has always had a prophetic assignment assigned to it. Can someone say amen? Let me say that again. Every problematic moment has always had a prophetic assignment. Look at someone again and tell them, I was made for this moment, and this moment was made for me. So when we realize this, when we realize, when we wake up to this truth that we are on assignment, it does something. It activates heaven in us, and it activates, or more importantly, I should say, it activates heaven's agenda in us. And I want you to know something. Heaven has an agenda. Can I say that again? When we realize that we are on assignment, it activates heaven's agenda in us. And we must know that heaven has an explicit agenda. Can someone say amen? I'm reminded of Jesus in the Gospel of Luke. In chapter number four, Jesus had just come out of his wilderness experience. And some of you may have heard Bishop teach on this before, that he goes from a place of affirmation after his baptism. Jesus is affirmed by his father. And then Jesus is led by the spirit into the wilderness to be tested or tempted. Uh, And we know that that's where he goes through this testing season, this refining season uh, where the enemy uh, uh, continually ask him or tell him, if you be the son of God, if you be the son of God, just, just to test and make sure that he was aware of the affirmation that he had just received from his father. So those of you that know Luke chapter four know that he walks out of the wilderness and then into the synagogue. Or the temple, and he finds this place in Isaiah where it is written, and you get to verse number 18, 
of Luke chapter 4, and Jesus says these words, that the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me. Okay, let me read that again. The spirit of the Lord is upon me. Why? Because he has anointed me. Let me say that one more time. The spirit of the Lord is on me for a reason. God's spirit ain't on me just to be on me because I need the Holy Ghost and I need to buck and quicken and speak in tongues and everything else that we do in modern Pentecost. No, the spirit of the Lord is on me for a reason. Why? Because he has anointed me. In other words, what Jesus was saying is that the spirit of the Lord is on me because I recognize that I have an assignment. Uh, let me say it again. I, 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 I am declaring that the spirit of the Lord is on me because I recognize that I have an assignment. Why? Pastor Dustin stressed this point. Because many of us, we, we think we are walking in the spirit of, the God, of God because we, we, we can speak in tongues a little bit uh, uh, and, and we can attempt to give some prophetic word a little bit. But, but the truth of the matter is and the reality is we are so unaware that we are sent here on assignment within a agenda and on a mission Jesus said I'm walking in the spirit of God because I realize that I have an assignment can someone can someone say that I have an assignment say it again I was made for this moment and this moment was made for me so when we realize that we are on assignment what does it do it activates heaven's agenda in us and heaven most certainly has an agenda I don't have it here in my notes, but the Apostle Paul talks about this agenda, that, it's a, that it, it was at one time a mystery, but the agenda of heaven ultimately is to bring heaven and earth back into a place of syncopation the way that it was all the way back in Genesis chapter number 2. That's why the Apostle Paul says in the book of Ephesians that, that, that his goal is to bring everything into unity. Can someone say amen? So we must understand now there's a principle here that I want you to understand in the truth. And that is that heaven's agenda is always responsive to earth's activity. Heaven's agenda is always responsive to earth's activity. We talked uh, last week here at Quest. I know Bishop ended with these words uh, in this truth of a dominion mandate. And the reason that we see such a synergy between heaven and earth or the intention of God and the intention of God playing out on the earth in Genesis chapter number two, it is because Adam at one time was walking in his dominion mandate. Can someone say amen? So heaven's agenda is responsive to earth's activity. Of course, we know that Jesus tells the apostle Peter this. We'll, we'll talk about it in a, in a moment, but I want you to look. It's scripture in Genesis chapter number 6. You don't have to turn there, but there's a few things that I want to note. In Genesis 6 and verse 11, the scripture says that God saw that the earth had become corrupt and filled with violence. I think Quest knows a little bit about this passage of scripture. And God observed all the corruption in the world, for everyone on the earth was corrupt. So God said to Noah, I have decided to destroy all living creatures, for they have filled the earth. Everyone say the earth. 
with violence. Yes, I will wipe them all out along with the earth. Why? Because heaven's agenda is always responsive to earth's activity. Can someone say amen? Genesis chapter number 11 tells us that at one time all the people of the world speak the same language and use the same words. And as people migrated to the east, they found a plain in the land of Babylonia, and they settled there, and they began to sing to each other, y'all know the story, let's make bricks and harden them. Uh, and then they said, come, let us build a great city for ourselves with a tower that reaches into the sky, and this will make us famous and keep us from being scattered all over the world. But the Lord came down to look at that city and the tower that the people were building. Look, he said the people are united, and they all speak the same language. And after this, nothing they set out to do will be impossible for them. Come, let us go down and confuse the people with different languages. Then they won't be able to understand each other. And in that way, the Lord scattered them all over the world and they stopped building the city. Why? Because heaven's agenda is always responsive to earth's activity. Can I get an amen in the building? If you, if you study uh, the book of 1 Kings and you get to the book of 1 Kings in chapter number 16, we see king after king, the lineage of David and Solomon taking the throne. But when you get to the end of 1 Kings chapter number 16, it talks about this man named Ahab. King Ahab. King Ahab is known uh, uh, to many of us because he's Jezebel's husband. King Ahab is the one that welcomed Jezebel up into the kingdom. And the Bible says something interesting about Ahab. It says that so-and-so did, did he did wicked in the sight of the Lord, and so-and-so did wicked in the sight of the Lord, and so-and-so did wicked in the sight of the Lord. But when you get to Ahab, chief, it tells us that Ahab made everybody else's stuff look like child's play. It said Ahab, it, it, it was trivial for Ahab to do some of the things that his predecessors were doing that were evil in the sight of the Lord. Now, he was doing the same things, but he just amped it up. Well, he, he turned the volume up to 12. Y'all know what I mean? Ahab decided we, we're just going to go all out and just be wicked in this nation. And so how does God respond? Well, in 1 Kings chapter number 17, all of a sudden out of nowhere, we see this prophet named Elijah just show up on the scene. And then there was Elijah the Tishbite from Tishbe. That's what the Bible says. And Elijah looked at Ahab and he said that the heavens are going to close up and it is not going to rain until I say it's going to rain. Now, why is that important, Pastor Dustin? Because Elijah is more than just a person. Elijah is a spirit. How so, Pastor Dustin? The book of Malachi talks about this. Then in those days, I will send the, pro the, the spirit of my prophet Elijah. Why? Because that is a response from heaven to the activity on earth. That is why I believe we are on that hour because we are living in an hour like Ahab's hour. And I believe that heaven is watching and he is saying, I am releasing prophets into the earth. I am releasing prophets to speak the agenda of heaven in a way that is impactful and effective. Effective. Why? Because heaven's agenda always responds to earth's activity. Can someone say amen? I don't have time to go here, but even Jesus talked about it in Luke 4. As a matter of fact, later in that same passage of scripture, Jesus compares his own arrival to that of Elijah and Elisha. He says, me being here is like when Elijah and Elisha showed up. Y'all are going to tell me to do miracles here like y'all heard about me doing in Capernaum, but I'm not going to be able to do them 
here. Why? Because y'all are too familiar. But that's, a, that's another message for another day. But what he was saying is you're too unaware. You're too unaware of what's going on. And so you're never going to be able to get with the agenda of heaven because you are too unaware that you were made for this moment and this moment was made for you and this moment ain't like any other moment that we've ever experienced before. So what we learn, I'm sorry I'm going so fast, y'all, is that it is difficult to understand your assignment if you do not understand the season. Okay, it is difficult to understand that you are even on assignment if you do not understand the season. Jesus said in John chapter 4, meanwhile, the disciples were urging him. They said, Rabbi, eat. But he said, I have food to eat, but you don't know nothing about it. And the disciples said, what in the world is he talking about? Did somebody bring him some lunch? And Jesus said, my food is to do the will of him who sent me and to accomplish his work. I'm on assignment. That's what fills me up. Don't you say there are yet four months? Then come the harvest. Look, I tell you, lift up your eyes and see that the fields are white for harvest. Can't you see what season it is? Listen to what he says already. The one who reaps is receiving wages and gathering fruit for eternal life. So that the sower and the reaper may rejoice together. For here the saying holds true, that one sows and another reaps. Oh, this is interesting to me. He said, I sent you to reap what you did not labor for. Others have labored and you have entered into their labor. Look at someone and tell them, same work, different season. Oh, let me say it again. Same work, different season. What was Jesus saying? Jesus was saying your assignment for your season is not what, what, what their assignment to their season was. Why are you still trying to act and, and, and be like everybody was being in the 80s and in the 90s and in the 60s? God is trying to do a new thing because it's a new season. In other words, you waste away your season and the work that your predecessors laid for you when you are not aware of the time that God has sent you into. Can somebody shout it again? I was made for this moment, and this moment was made for me. So how do we get God's agenda here? How do we get heaven's agenda? How do we get his intention, his intended activity here on earth? Well, we have to realize that we were made for this moment. Oh, Ephesians chapter number 2, in verse number 10, the apostle Paul says we are God's handiwork. We are as handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for you to do. So the church will teach you that you, you were cut out and sent here, but I also want you to know that this time was cut out just like you were. This time was meant for you just as much as you were meant for this time. You were God's handiwork. It means to make. It means to produce, to construct, to form, to fashion, to author, to make ready, mm, to prepare. And specifically, 
with designation to time. Oh, my goodness. And what does it mean to do good works? What are good works? They are useful works. <laughs> Let me say that big, big old word one more time. They are useful works. Let me say it one more time. They are useful works. Ask yourself today, are the things that I am doing in the name of Jesus and in the name of my religion and in the name of my faith and in the name of my church, are they useful works? Are they, are they good works? Are, are, are they, oh, here's another big word. Are they pleasant works? Oh, here's another big word. Are they agreeable works? Here's another big word. Are they joyful works? Are they happy works? Are they excellent works? Are they distinguishable works? Here's another one. Are they honorable works? These are all things that good works means within, within the Greek in this passage of Scripture. Are you doing honorable work? Or are you doing work that just gets on everybody's nerves and you know it just to agitate everybody else? That ain't good work. Oh, let me get on here. <laughs> Which he prepared in advance for us to do. He ordained us. Oh, he ordained us to do these works. He ordained, just like I was ordained to hold this microphone and marry a couple and bury someone. I am licensed and ordained from heaven and the state of Texas. I am ordained to do those works. You are ordained to do the good works that God has prepared in advance for you to do. You were made for this moment. Every time you do something good, you are telling God, I realize that I am on a Assignment. Look at someone and ask them, do you feel used yet? Now let me say this. It is always taken, let me wrap up, let me get to where I'm going, a fierce awareness, am I good, Dad, to apply heaven's agenda. It is always taken a fierce awareness to apply heaven's agenda. Romans 13, Paul said, besides... This time, this, you know the time. Romans 13 and 11. Besides all this, you know the time. That the hour has come for you to wake up from your sleep. For salvation is nearer to us now than when we first believed. In other words, the Apostle Paul is saying you ought to be acting more aware of the things going on spiritually right now than you were. Think about that moment in time when you realized that there was a spiritual dynamic going on in your life and you needed God to intervene and save you. It's more important right now, the Apostle Paul is saying, to be aware of what's going on spiritually. The hour has come for you to wake up. Isaiah 52. Isaiah prophesies to the church. He says, wake up. Wake up, O Zion. Clothe yourself with strength. You see, there is a relationship between a season and the obligation that a believer has to that season. Look at someone and tell them, wake up. Ask them, do you feel used yet? Why? Because you have an obligation. Mm -hmm. Do you feel used yet? Ask someone, do you feel used yet? Why? Because you have an obligation. God wants to use you, and God needs to use you. There is a relationship between a season and the obligation that a believer has to that season. 
And so we must understand that when God set forth his assignment in Gideon, we have to locate Gideon and see where he's at in order to see what God saw and why God was telling him what he was telling him. It wasn't just that Gideon was important, but the moment in time was important. The place that he was at is important. You are important because God put you right here for such a time as this. You might be saying right where, Pastor Dustin, in that family you find yourself. I don't care if that family's all put together or broken in 12 different ways. God assigned you to that place and time and there's an obligation that you have as a believer and through your faith and your walk to that season that God has placed you in can somebody say amen in this place there's a relationship God is intentional with what he does so God didn't just choose a person he chose a person a place and a time to do what he was going to do he chose a person a place and a time so in Judges chapter 6 in verse number 6 we see that Israel was reduced to starvation by the Midianites Look at someone and ask them, do you feel used yet? Some of you are saying, yes, I do, but not by the Lord. I feel used by Midian. Who is Midian? His name means strife. His name means contention. He comes from someone named Amalek, who we know as a valley dweller. This is where the angel of the Lord found him. Where? In a place of strife, in a place of contention, in the valley, hiding. Oh, can I talk in this place right now? What was God coming to do? God was coming to deal with Gideon. Some of you are saying, how is God going to deal with me when I find myself right up in the middle of all this strife, this contention? I can't seem to pull myself up out of the valley. Let me help you with something. God knew that you would be right there where you find yourself. I need to wrap it up. Let me continue. He, 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 came, he came to deal with him. Gideon was sitting under this tree. It Oprah, we know that. What tree? It was his father's tree. It was his father's tree. It represented the substance of lineage. Mm. It represents the substance of lineage. God was saying, I, I, I've got a big assignment for you. This is, this is more than just your time, the, 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 the day you find your, yourself here this week and this year. No, 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 no. This is about your daddy and your daddy's daddy that came before you. And this is about everyone coming after you. To find Gideon, we, we've got to see Gideon where God saw Gideon. Because God didn't just see Gideon sitting under a tree. No, God saw Gideon as the fruit of, of a greater will and plan that he had been working on for a long time. And God found him right there. We fight to break generational cycles. And we fight to build upon generational covenants. You are never not in a generational fight within your assignment. Let me say it again. You are never not within a generational fight within your assignment. 
We fight to either break generational cycles and curses or we are fighting. And I have come to find that the harder fight is to fight to build upon the covenants that others have left before. I thought it was one thing to try to sniff out a couple of generational curses that daddy or mama might have missed. But the harder fight was when the Lord said it's time for you to take on everything that daddy's been working on. And this is the reason your granddaddy got saved. And this is the reason that he stopped drinking uh, uh, that Jack Daniels every day. This is the reason your aunt Connie laid hands on your daddy and he was healed this is the reason that the whole Hawkins clan got saved you are here so that you can fight to build upon the generational covenants that have been established that is why you've got to wake up you can't be sleeping on what mama and daddy did because the enemy will be hunting you out to steal kill and destroy everything that's why Jesus said can you wake up Jesus even said it. Can you wake up and realize that you have an assignment that pertains to what everyone has done before you? Can you wake up, Quest Church? This ain't just about you. You have something to break and you have something to build upon. Can somebody say amen? I'm almost finished. Let me skip through some of these notes. Mm-hmm. Let me say this. God knows, God knows who you are. God knows why you are. <laughs> God knows what you are. You see, when God gets ready to call us into what, and I'll leave you with this. Look at someone and ask them, do you feel used yet? When God gets ready to call us into who he created us to be, he shows up to deal with what has made us who we are. Can I say that again? When God gets ready to call us into what he created us to be, he comes to deal with what has made us who we are. If you look at Judges 6 and verse number 23, it's all right, the Lord replied to Gideon, don't be afraid. He says, you won't die. And Gideon built an altar to the Lord there and named it Yahweh, Shalom, peace. And the altar remains in Oprah in the land of the clan of Ebiazar to this day. And verse number 25 says that that night, the Lord said to Gideon, take the second bull from your father's herd, the one that's seven years old. And go down and pull down the altars to Baal and cut down the Asherah pole standing beside it. And then build an altar to the Lord your God here on this hilltop sanctuary, laying the stones carefully, sacrificing the bull as a burnt offering on the altar, using as fuel the wood of the Asherah pole that you cut down. So I'm not trying to disregard <laughs> everything that you have seen and experienced as you've been coming up no i want to use all of that stuff that you wanted to get rid of 
everything that you were sick of looking at, everything that you're saying, I wish that wasn't standing there and I wish that wasn't in my way. God says, no, I'm going to use all of that stuff in order to make you who I intended you to be. Can I get some help in the building? Because some of you think that God, that if this wouldn't have happened and I wouldn't have had to deal with that and experience this over here, that God could use me in a different kind of way. And I want you to know that God intended for your life to turn out the way that it has. Look at someone and ask them, do you feel used yet? God will begin to call you things that do not reflect your current condition. God begins to call you things that don't reflect your current condition. I'm, I'm finished, Brother Gino. Let me wrap up because I've preached my, I think I've preached about 30 minutes now. Yeah, I'm sweating, though. I don't want to sweat no more. My shirt's too pretty. I don't want to sweat through it too bad. <laughs> I'm messing with y'all. Place for life is laughing right now. Uh, but he'll begin to call you things that do not reflect your current condition. Get used to it. Get comfortable with it. I've been telling our church lately, live more, exponentially more, from your future than you do from your past. Live exponentially more. Oh, that's an uncomfortable thing to do. That's unfamiliar for us to do. We are familiar with the things that have made us who we are. Gideon didn't feel like a mighty warrior. He said, no, I'm, I'm the least in my clan. My clan is the least in this entire nation. But God said, no, you are a mighty warrior. And Gideon didn't pop up. I want to encourage someone in here. Gideon didn't jump up the next day and grab a sword and a shield and say, did y'all hear that? Uh-huh. You know how I know that someone is being fraudulent with the Lord and the work of the Holy Spirit? Because they act like that. Uh-huh. But it's those ones that quietly plowed along with the Lord and grow and grow and grow. That's the ones that I saw. That, that God's doing a real work in them. Because this was no overnight process with Gideon. It took Gideon a minute to walk through some experiences. It took Gideon a minute to trust the Lord. Gideon even put the Lord to the test a couple times. He, he told the Lord, you're going to have to give me a sign or something if this is even you talking to me. And some of you are hearing me right now. Well, I mean, and I feel like God's talking to me. God, is this really you talking to me? Yes, it's the Lord talking to you, and it's okay. I'm not going to rebuke you because the Lord is going to continue to poke at you and prod at you until you begin to change and trust him more and realize that you really can be the difference maker in this generation that preachers tell you that you can be that the gospel tells you that you could be that God tells you that you could be you really can turn around the history of a family you really can turn a community upside down you really do have a power to mark a moment in time that those that come behind us will look behind uh, and, and say that moment in time was special you have that fabric you have that capability you just have to know that you were made for this moment you gotta let God use you everyone standing to your feet please you gotta let God captivate you you gotta allow him to take you captive allow him to bring you to the place that he promised you that you would be let him use you look at someone again and ask them do you feel used yet I pray you start letting him use you today how, Pastor Dustin, change your perspective? Concerning what? For some of you, concerning everything. Change your perspective of 
the season that we're in. Change your perspective of the time that we're in. Change your perspective of the place that you are in. The Apostle Paul wrote to the church at Corinth and he said that God places every member, listen to this vocabulary, in particular where it pleases him. So those of you that say, this is my house, whether it be Quest Church or Place for Life, and you say, but I'm not sure if I'm supposed to be here, well, then you are questioning everything about your whole entire life. Can someone say amen? Why? Because if you said this is your house, then you are saying, I understand that I am residing and living in the perfect will of God. I am exactly where it pleases God for me to be. Therefore, I'm going to do his good work. Can someone say amen? Do you feel used yet? Father, I thank you for this word. Father, I thank you for speaking to us today. I pray that this word take root. I pray that this word produce. I pray that it is efficient and effective in the lives of Quest Church, Place for Life, and anyone else that has received from this word today. Father, we bless you. We thank you for our assignment. We ask you to use us. We want you to use us. Take advantage of us. You put us here so that you could use us right here during this time. We bless you. We give you glory in Jesus' name. Everyone said amen.